Hello and welcome to the weekly reboot, your regular Friday debrief of things we've heard and seen coming from the Agile community here in Melbourne and beyond. I'm your host Alex and this week we bring you another mini hack episode all about visualising work or, or the way I want to talk about it today to you is just by saying put it on a wall. Now, if you've been using Agile Ways of Working for a while, you probably know that there's a lot of us around that really like to stick things up on walls. You may see a lot of wall work with post-its and swim lanes and work represented in different ways on walls. And I wanted to share with you why it's such a good idea, why we love it so much, and how you can bring a little wall magic into your life. But do you know where this concept comes from? Originally, the concept we associate with putting things on walls was called Big Visible Chart. You can find references to it in something called the C2 Wiki. What's the C2 Wiki, I'm sure you're wondering. Well, for the agile historians out there, the C2 Wiki was used originally for the purposes of a Chrysler project that some of the original signatories of the Agile Manifesto worked on. And how they were working evolved into what we know as XP or extreme programming today. And that was around the late 90s or thereabouts. And back in those days, There wasn't a lot of information around about all of these different agile methodologies and processes and and approaches. So you used to go to that wiki to find out about ways of working there, um, especially XP. And if you wanted to learn how to do something, you basically kept following links and, and read up about it. They were simpler times back then, my friends. Anyway, if you look up Extreme Programming on the C2 wiki, which I will link to, you can find all kinds of posts about the evolution of XP. And one of the pages is called Big Visible Chart. You also might know that Alistair Coburn refers to this concept as information radiators. So why do we want information essentially displayed on a wall for everyone to see? Well, Ron Jeffries puts it rather well, and I'll quote him here. Charts on the wall are many times more effective than charts on a website or in a fancy slideshow. A website doesn't push information at us, we have to go look. A slideshow always comes with a meeting and a lecture. A wall chart is there when we are, in our face, always visible. So I hope that's good, compelling information out there for you all. But for those who are out there screaming, but what about remote teams? Well, I agree remote teams are trickier and they push us towards remote tools, digital online tools. But first, if we understand why putting stuff on the wall works, then maybe we can design our digital alternatives to behave a bit more like walls. So if we have to or choose to work remotely, because sometimes those digital tools lead us into behaving like the view of the information we're looking at isn't a shared view or isn't something that's to be collaborated on. And that's kind of the opposite of what we're trying to get to. So by putting this chart in a public area, everyone gets a reminder of where the team is up to on it. And it's a good visual feedback loop um, for the team so they can understand their progress. And this is also good information for many other people and for many other purposes. So additionally, it provides accountability to those where it represents the work that they're they're doing. So the team themselves and other people that might be interested in what the team's doing. It also gives focus so we can see important stuff, especially if you use bright colors or big red cards for urgent things, we can use it to indicate urgency for some of the work that we're working on. It's public, so it's a great way to radiate, to borrow Alistair's phrase, to radiate that information out about the teams. So you can't claim that you don't know what the team's working on if there's a lovely big wall full of information about their work. Just go up, have a look. And a pro tip here would be that the best walls are self-documenting. That is, you don't have to think too hard or use a lot of 
cognitive processing to work out what's going on and what it's showing you. Some teams are better at constructing self-evident walls than others. So think about all those police cop dramas that you watch. When you're watching them, you're usually not thinking to yourself, wow, I wonder who they think is guilty because they usually show a big photo with a murderer sticker written underneath it, joined up to another grisly photo with red tape potentially that has a victim written underneath it. So the wall kind of tells the story and that's kind of what you're aiming for. So as well as accountability focus and being able to show urgency of the work that you're working on, I wanted to share with you a few kind of real life stories about why it's a good idea to put your charts and information up on the wall. So firstly, I was working with a client, the business we were working with weren't necessarily happy with the development teams. They didn't think that they were performing, they weren't sure where the problems were, and neither were we actually, because when you start working with a team, you tend to get a lot of opinion and bias about where the problems might be for that team. So what we did was we helped them to put their program of work up on the wall. It took a few goes, it always takes a few kind of draft goes, a bit of sketching it up on paper first and then sticking it up onto a wall with cards, texters and tape. Um, and it was really just to illustrate who was working on what and when and that. And the first feeling that the manager had and his instant response was, this is great. I was carrying around all of that in my head. Now everyone can see it and I can see it and I don't have to remember it all the time. So we'd effectively downloaded his brain and shared it with the team. And that created an incredible amount of freedom for him and generated a lot of understanding and knowledge for everyone else as well. So it sounds a bit magical and that's kind of why we picked this mini hack to talk about this week because doing this activity can often have quite instant and magical results. We're not going to go into today how your walls should be constructed because it's frankly a whole hour that we could spend in on that topic. We're just saying start with getting stuff out of spreadsheets, laptops and people's brains and onto some kind of shared wall surface that everyone can see. Another story is another client that we worked with and in a similar way we suggested getting the, the work visible by putting it up on the wall and creating some kind of view of all the work that's going on. And then the first time a senior manager for that area walked past, he had a complete OMG moment when he realised how much work is currently going on in his department. Now, in theory, we're all aware of what's going on around us and what our teams are working on, but our repeated experience tells us that most of the time we don't have a common understanding of the volume of work that we're repeatedly subjecting teams to. And putting it on a wall is a great antidote to eyes being bigger than our tummies, like to accidentally signing up to too many work or too many initiatives or overwhelming the kind of doing parts of our companies with a sheer volume of work instead of focusing on what's important. Putting it on a wall allows us to walk right up to a team's work and see clearly what we think is the most important thing. And it's so important for managers of teams to be able to communicate that with them in a world where adaptive planning is considered a competitive advantage. And so if you don't have that view shared and visible and have managers be able to come up and refocus or um, you know, have an opinion about what's important, how and where are they doing that? Now, as I said, there are lots of ways to construct good walls and hints and tips around that. Please get in touch if you want to hear more about that. We'd love to hear from you. So there you go. Reasons to go sticking things on walls and a little bit of agile history too into the bargain. 
That's been our mini hack for the weekly reboot this week. I'd love to hear how it goes for you. You can get in touch with us by emailing rebootme at rebootco.com.au or email direct me directly if you want to, alex at rebootco.com.au. We read everything. I'll respond to everything and are very grateful for any feedback or ideas that you have on the podcast. Thank you to everyone who has got in touch. You know who you are. You helped shape how this podcast was recorded this week. So thank you very much for the feedback. I want to just mention a couple of things that are happening in our community at the moment that you should know about. The first one is FIRST Conference. It's coming up on the last day of February, the 28th of February and 1st of March. A great conference with a great set of speakers. I believe tickets are still available. I will put a link to it in the show notes. Also, Agile Australia submissions are open. I'm putting a call out to everyone that might have a topic in Closer to the Customer. We're looking for great stories and examples of how teams are getting close to their customer and how they're working that in with their agile ways of working. Um, I can tell you now that, that there's space in that stream for more submissions, so we'd love to hear from you. I'll put a link to that, to how you submit in the show notes too. Next week, the return of the bonus episode. We have an interview coming up that I think you're going to love, so stay tuned for that here. My name's Alex. This has been the Weekly Reboot, your free Friday debrief on things we've heard and seen and done in the Agile community here in Melbourne and beyond. Thanks for tuning in and look forward to talking with you again next week.